Jonathan, you're away from home. I am away. I'm not only away from home. I'm away from Houston. I guess that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Your home is the road. <laughs> My home is the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm up at our retreat center for the school. Okay. The Retreat and Leadership Center of Strake Jones nice. College Preparatory School. Very Houston, good. Texas. All right. Earth. Uh, yeah. Doing a little sophomore retreat. It's fun. Hearing some confessions, doing some mass. Very cool. Very cool. Um, that's great. So you're out of your normal uh, little environment, but you're probably getting a chance to say mass today. I, well, I can celebrate today. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is more than I normally do <laughs> Step in the right direction. And, yeah. yeah. Just to, I had just, the mass yesterday. And just to... guy has today. Just to clarify for anyone who's actually, like, concerned, I can attest that Father Jonathan is a really good priest. <laughs> He's... <laughs> Please, to... Contrary to what it sounds like. <laughs> he I actually is a great mean. priest, and he does say Mass a lot, and he... Yes, yes. He's not just a lazy bum. It's not that. Um, hey, well, good. Well, good. So, anyway, so you didn't get a chance to preach today, then, even though you're going to celebrate. Gotcha. Right. How are you? Uh, I did. Hey, so I... I am. So, our house is not completely in the clear. We have... It's actually gotten a little bit worse. We have one guy we had to take to the hospital um, who's now on oxygen. He's a young guy. He's like maybe... 43, 44. Um, we had to rush him to the hospital and he's on oxygen because his oxygen blood saturation was really low. Um, so it's, he seems to be doing better now that he's at the hospital. So anyway, but the house is unconfined, but the guys who are still COVID uh, ridden, COVID ridden are still uh, in confinement. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so to answer your question, I did go to church today uh, out in the free, in the world. And I did preach, and and I think it went really well. So I got two things to say about it. One, I, this is the longest homily I think I've preached on a Sunday as a priest. Um, seven and a half minutes. Oh. <laughs> Which for me, that's pretty good, I think. That's pretty long. Um, I didn't feel while I was giving it that I was going long, um, but I noticed that it was longer while I was giving it. Like I didn't feel like it was laying the plane, but I didn't notice that like, oh, I'm, I'm probably going longer than what I normally do. Um, the second thing I noticed, which was interesting, is I spoke about sports. Sport. Uh, well, because it's All Saints Day, and I was reminded of when you and I used to teach high school, I was assigned to teach morality to my students, and how I noticed that most of my students were hard to inspire to live morally upright lives. Um, but they were very quick to understand the value of having heroes. Um, like like the basketball players would have images of like LeBron James, you know, or whatever on their on their computers or something. And so I got to I, I started talking about that, how it was easy to speak to the kids about the value of having people to look up to that you want to emulate, depending on what it is that you want to perfect. And so like if you want to be a good basketball player, then you emulate the good guy, you know, the good basketball player. So anyway, that was my segue into talking about the saints are the heroes that we try to emulate because we want to live good lives. Um, and so then they got me talking a little about the Beatitudes and um, I had a little bit of like an action item in the homily where I exhorted people to read, pick one saint and read their life, like read a little bit about their life. Um, 
Because, I mean, like, you have great stories of people like Ignatius of Loyola who are inspired by the lives of the saints. And, like, it changes your life, you know? So, anyway, yeah. I like it. I like it. You know, one of the things that, that, as you're saying this, is making me think, too, is that, unfortunately for most people, the saints are just the paintings that represent them. Um, and, and also that I think we can lose a sense of how they and I are after the same thing. Like, I know that's, that's evident once you know what the saints are. They're just human beings who have run the race well. But I think for a lot of us, it's like, oh, these are these flat images that live on the side of our, you know, the side of our buildings. Um, it's like, no, no, these are... Yeah, these are, these are really people who had the same desire that I do. They're just my older brothers and sisters in the faith. Like, that's who they are, you know? Um, so I think reading their stories is incredibly helpful to get that across, you know? Um, there's a uh, there's a theologian, I think, that um, you and I both like, who said that, you know, the best theologians are the saints. Because, not because of what they wrote, and yeah, exactly, not because of what they wrote or preached, but because they are living holiness, like they're living the life of the Spirit, you know. So, anyway, yeah, happy feast day. So, next Sunday, the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, is not a feast day. Not a feast day. We're back to the OT. Back to the OT. That's right. Um, it does feel a little bit like overtime, uh, as you. <laughs> because really, though, I mean, we've got like what two more weeks until Christ the King. Oh man, I can't wait. And it's like, oh, what's going on? We're just gonna chill it out. Back to green for a sec. Oh, it's too much. Too much. I upload my uh, homilies to YouTube, and I make the background image the color of the of the day. And I just was looking through my archives, and I just have nothing but green for the last like. 20 weeks? It's just unbelievable. Yeah. So, anyway, so, uh, do you got anything for this upcoming Sunday that jumps out to you right away? I gotta say, one of my favorite things that St. Paul writes about, and he's, he, he mentions it here in Thessalonians, I didn't realize that he that he even mentioned it here. Uh, he also talks about this in the book of, uh, in the letter to the Romans, about how we are to grieve. Hmm. Uh, Where are you? Where? Yeah. Just at the very beginning, he says here, uh, we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, about those who have fallen asleep, so that you may not grieve like the rest who have no hope. Oh, that's good. Boom. I mean, like, so we grieve, right? He's not saying don't have grief, but there's a grief that does not end in hopelessness. Yeah, that's great. That, that we are called to, that hope in the resurrection. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, so too will God, through Jesus, bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Yeah. Like, that, that changes the game, for me at least. Yeah. It changes the game. Because yeah. Just, okay, we're done. Okay, bye. <laughs> and this sucks that I miss you now. Uh, and, I'm, you know, my life is destroyed because the person that I, perhaps the person that I've loved the most, 
ghost is now gone. It's like, well, okay, that's sad, and I need to be aware and to, you know, to process that, to properly grieve that. But I don't, I don't, that work of grief is not to ignore the pain. It's not to pretend that you know, this person never existed. Right, right. It, in their yeah. So just because it's uh, today is Sunday and it's the All Saints Day readings uh, that are fresh in my mind, uh, when you pointed that out, one of the things that came to me immediately was the beatitude about those who mourn. It's like, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall, what is it, inherit? They shall be comforted, I guess that's that one. Um, yeah, so just to your point, is that we are, there is happiness and blessedness in mourning, but the mourning is not hopeless. <laughs> you know, it's not a, a hopeless mourning, you know? Um, and I think the thing that I, that I love about this, the, the very last word, and there is a, a shorter version, but I think everybody knows how we feel about short <laughs> mm -hmm. The last sentence, therefore console one another with these words. Mm -hmm. I love that, it's, that, it, that it is about consolation. It's about coming to this realization that, again, that this isn't the end. And there's a, there's a conversion that happens there of mm -hmm. our pain, of our suffering. That is uh, transformed into hope. It's mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. anticipation that we experience when we pray or talk to us or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, you know, one of the things that is also coming to mind <clears throat> is, and this may relate to the gospel, I'm not exactly sure yet, but uh, I don't, like, I've been thinking a lot in my homilies about what's different about what I'm saying versus, like, a self-help talk. Um, like, I, I obviously talk about Jesus, and I talk about the readings, I was wondering, like, if you replace the word God and Jesus with, you know, well-being or, or whatever, is it really that different? And I, as you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose, uh, so too will God through Jesus bring him those who have fallen asleep. Like, the resurrection is not just an incidental occurrence. It's the line in the sand. Like... There's a line in the sand that I think Christians have in the past really navigated well, but I think there's a complacency within me and within, I think, many of us where it's kind of a foregone conclusion. Like, oh, yes, the end of the story is not the crucifixion. It's Jesus who rises on Sunday. It's like, but well, wait a minute. Where the rubber hits... Where the rubber hits the road is that you will mourn the loss of your brothers and sisters. Um, now, that's where the rubber hits the road, and that's where you really can find out whether or not someone believes in the resurrection, is if they become hopeless. Uh, like, look around us in the pandemic. How many people have turned to despair? Uh, look look in the election cycle. How many of us have turned to despair? Um, you know, or is it just platitudes for me to say, like, you know, like, God will be victorious, God will resurrect, and there will be new life? Or do I really, yeah, or do I believe that there's really a line drawn in the sand? It's like, on the other side of this line is despair. On this side of the line is new life in Christ. And if you're going to be a Christian, you have to make that transition uh, to really believing in the resurrection and not just rattling it off in the creed. Um, I, don't, I don't know, because your point is well taken. Like, like we will grieve, but so will the pagans. So what's the difference between us and the pagans? You know, what is the cause of your hope? <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think that I think it does come up in the gospel. You know, Jesus is encouraging the people in this parable to always be ready to not forget 
uh, what he will do for, for uh, what the cross has done for us. Yeah. Because I think you're exactly right. We start to have just this kind of saccharine uh, view of, uh, of redemption that's just, you know, just saying the right things. Yeah. The right platitudes. Well, yeah. Cool, but that's really missing the point. And I think, you know, I really appreciate what you said about the whole self help thing. And I think that is a temptation for a lot of people. Uh, and I think most people would just replace you know, that with the other thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the, you know the the great lie of our of our culture of our society right now is trying to convince us that you have all the power. You have all the power, all of the strength necessary to raise you up by your bootstraps or some nonsense like that. Sure, sure, sure. No, God does God does But it's not worse to possess. Hey! Dude, dude, dude. So, the, the gospel says, since the bridegroom was long delayed, so, okay, since they were long delayed, some of them decided to go help themselves, right? Like, they, they, so, <laughs> so, like, like, Christian, uh, awake, right, Christian, like, Jesus is taking a really long time to come back, um, have we decided to forego the resurrection and the hope in everlasting life and replace it instead with like, well, I can get, I can, I can just, I can get help on my own and call it, you know, Jesus and good and whatever. But in truth, what I'm doing is I'm losing hope that the bridegroom will come. Like those women, those virgins, they didn't bring, they weren't ready. Like they didn't bring enough oil to stay the long night. They thought that this would be a quick and easy thing. It's like, no, 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 no. Like the Christian project is one that requires a lot of patience and perseverance um, and belief and hope that the resurrection will come. Um, But since the bridegroom will be delayed, uh, are you going to lose hope and start just helping yourself? Um, It's easier. It's, uh, It's easier to have control over over the things that I can have control over. <laughs> right? It's easier to yeah. say, oh, well, I'm kind of uncomfortable with this, so I'm going to go do something. Right? Keep right. Free yeah, but yeah. You're, you're missing the whole point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I like I like honing in on this that the bridegroom was long delayed because he that's true. It's a true statement. Um, Jesus takes his time, his sweet time, and like I I grow weary. I do I do I grow weary of like oh my gosh Jesus, how much longer are you gonna take like to get here? You know. Now now I mean we believe in like the we believe in the presence of the Holy Spirit and also Jesus in the Eucharist and Jesus in the body of Christ like for sure. But we also believe that Jesus will come again on the last day, and it's like, oh my gosh, hurry, Lord. <laughs> well, and I think that's the beauty of our of our first reading from the Book of Wisdom, that it's all about uh, those who are willing to do the work of perceiving, of seeking. She hastens to make herself known in the anticipation of their desire. Have the desire. Like, and I find so often we're just, we want to rid ourselves of any of that, uh, 
well, any of that desire to, to get up mm. and have an active faith. We want mm. everything to be done for us. You know, oh, well, I'm not ready. I'm sure somebody else will take care of my shortcomings. Mm. And true, true enough, like that will happen occasionally, but what happens when we start to rely on that? We're going to be left out in the cold with not enough. Mm. Yeah. So she here is wisdom. Yeah. She she hastens to make herself known in anticipation. Who's there? Desire there? Um, oh, those who seek her and those who okay, gotcha, gotcha. So God makes His wisdom known to us for those in well in anticipation of yeah. of our desire. Yeah. Hmm. No, that's good. That's good. Um, anything else? What else you got? Look at the psalm. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, my God. Um, yeah. It seems, you know, and I do wonder if this is, you know, we've talked about this before, where we've got kind of readings that, in a sense, lead up to, so we're coming up on the tail end of ordinary time, you know, intentionally leading into, perhaps this is intentionally leading into Christ the King and the Advent season. Yeah. We have to start preparing our. We have to prepare to prepare an advent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Start thinking about seeking. We got to start thinking about waiting for the coming of the Lord. We got to start thinking about because if we just jump in, even though it's four, you know four weeks or whatever it is, um, I think a lot of people, myself included, it's like, oh, is it advent already? <laughs> right. Right. So start doing this. <laughs> I gotta tell you, man. There's something about like the so like the Hallelujah verse hammers home the like the readiness that is required of the disciples to wait for the Lord. Like, stay awake, be ready, be vigilant. You do not know. Like, there's something particularly poignant this year with this kind of language because we have a great example with the pandemic of being caught off guard, being caught unready, <laughs> being being disappointed by failed expectations and you know not having our, our desires met. Um, I don't know. There's like a really good example there, you know. I mean, we've been faced, we've come face to face with mortality in a way that we really haven't in recent history. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of uh, terrorist attacks and a lot of acts of violence, school shootings, and, and the like. That that jostles people, but this is far more insidious because there's not that we do this, but there's not a person that we can blame. Right. There's not Mr. Corona out there. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just right. this force, this force of nature, and that's scary. Yeah. And that shows us that literally anybody can be taken. And we don't yeah. have to do that. Yeah. Are we ready? <laughs> yeah. The answer's probably no for most of us. No, we're not. You know. Um, I like to think to that. <laughs> I like to think to that uh, blooper reel at the end of uh, Talladega Nights when they're advertising <laughs> for the funeral home. And statistics say 98% of people will die one day. <laughs> the, dark, the darkness is encroaching. Are you ready? <laughs> it's true. Like there's, it's, there's, it's silly, but like that last part I think is very true. Uh, I wouldn't call it the darkness is encroaching, but death is before us. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, sometimes I think that I am, but other times I don't know if I am, you know? And, and I don't think that, yeah, I don't think that we're supposed to have this perfect, you know, mind of the angels that have, that are constantly in the presence of the Lord, because clearly we're not. We don't have that. Uh, even Jesus uh, suffered in the garden. Even Jesus was tempted in the desert. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So no, that's I good. Think it's, I think it's a trap of the evil spirit to, to, for us to think that we've got to be perfectly ready at every moment of the day. Mm-hmm. At every moment mm-hmm. of every day. It's like, no, yeah. sometimes we're going to doubt, and that's okay. And that's okay. But what do you do when that happens? Do you give mm-hmm. up? Or unbelief or in your wavering do you st- is there still faith I think that's the difference between faith and belief hmm. even though I may not necessarily believe this particular day I have faith that it'll still it'll still work out Amen Cool, man. Hey, I think this Sunday is a good opportunity to probably preach on like the value of not being ashamed of the resurrection and like bringing it to mind. Like, like we can't just rattle this off as a platitude. Like, our older brothers and sisters in the faith would give their lives for this, for the resurrection of the dead, and we sometimes just roll over and think like, oh, it's okay. God will fix everything in the end, and it's okay. Um, cool, man. Any parting thought? Nope, go break. All right, dude. Peace out.